We're so honored and pleased that you're here with us today. So my name is Stacy Conlin, and I'm the Director of Business Development with the Lean Startup Company on behalf of our Corporate Education Program. And today, I'm incredibly excited for us to highlight one of our incredible clients, the US Department of Defense. And I'll leave it to them to give you the, the inside scoop on what we've been doing with them for over the past seven months. After kicking it over to our moderator today, Heather McGough, who will introduce you to our panelists. Heather is the co-founder of Lean Startup Company. And after years of working with our community and listening to the demands of organizations seeking custom support beyond Eric's first book, The Lean Startup, she led the charge in officially forming the education arm of our company. And today, we support organizations from around the world, from highly regulated financial institutions to industrial companies looking to create a culture and a framework for innovation. And with that, I'll hand it over to you, Heather. Thanks, Stacy, and thanks everybody for being here this morning. I'd like to welcome Erin Bug and Marilyn Gorman to our panel today. Erin uh, is the co-lead for ICOR at NSA, which is a formal innovation program focused on teaching lean startup methods to individuals and teams. Over the past 18 months, Erin's helped teach over 300 individuals in a two-day innovation workshop, and she's mentored over 60 teams. Um, and she does this as she helps uh, advance the um, transformation that agency is, is undergoing now around this uh, culture and pillar of innovation. Marilyn Gorman is a faculty member with Lean Startup Company. She was formerly on the founding Fastworks team at General Electric. And uh, this is what began their transformation with Lean Startup. These days, she spends a lot of time as the lead coach with our uh, client, the Department of Defense. And um, we began coaching with you guys in, I guess it was late September of 2016. It only took us about a year to get all the paperwork done so that we could do that. <laughs> so Erin, let's have you kick us off by sharing the story about how you came across Lean Startup and why you wanted to bring it to your work with the NSA. Sure. So for me, um, Lean Startup at the beginning was much less about innovation. It was more about finding a scalable, repeatable process for making decisions at speed. I've been with the agency for 14 years now, and um, most of my experience has been as a manager and a project manager. And over the last couple of years, I've been um, increasingly frustrated just because we have been unable to implement these large, complex projects at scale. And we've kind of assumed on day one that we could predict what was going to happen two years from now in the future. So I was looking for another way of working when I came across Lean Startup. Um, with respect to the agency specifically, I think technology is changing really fast. We all know that. And the threats that we face on a daily basis are constantly evolving. So we just needed a different context to work and to solve problems. So I was bought in from the very beginning. I think the challenge that, that we've really faced as part of our journey is that it was me and one other person, Matt, who's here with us today. So we had this big idea of what it could be for us, and we had to figure out kind of how to turn that idea in, into a reality. Marilyn, you've been involved as a coach since the very beginning in coaching both the NSA and the NGA, the National Geospatial Agency. Tell us about some of the areas that our faculty is supporting. Sure, I'm happy to. I uh, commented to Erin this morning that I didn't want to talk about any specific projects because I didn't want to get into trouble. And Erin's response was, you don't know anything that could get you into trouble. 
I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> good thing, thank you, Matt. Um, you know, it's, it's been quite interesting because both the NSA and the NGA are coming at this kind of from two different directions. But in general, the coaching could be divided into two distinct areas. One is specific project work. So uh, it could be teams that are coming out of the i programs that have been through a successful shark tank that are designing and developing and getting ready to launch new products or processes. One of the teams that I'm working with actually is working with external companies outside of the government, as well as supporting um, agencies inside the Department of Defense. And the other uh, area that we've been coaching is on the idea of creating an innovation culture inside the agency thinking about what it takes to get the right level of support, to change the understanding around what metrics look like, what success looks like, and also to get, help the, the uh, people on those teams get the level of engagement, even from other project teams, other individuals, that will make them successful, and making sure that the right people come to i um, people that really have a, a passion about innovation and change. Thanks, Marilyn. Uh, Aaron, you once mentioned that GE is a powerful and inspiring story, it being a great example of lean startup initiated from the top. But many of us know having that top-down mandate isn't always the case. In fact, it's one of the biggest challenges that an evangelist like yourself, um, who understands the importance of working, of this, working in this new way. And so I'm guessing the audience would like to know um, about your experience as a government entrepreneur. So um, for me, I actually love the GE story because I think it's a really powerful example. I heard it for the first time a year ago when we were here at the, the New York conference, kind of sitting in these same seats, and I really liked how they transformed their company around the pillar of innovation using lean startup methods. And I think that they were able to demonstrate through years um, that they've been able to change the way that people work to develop that customer mindset, that obsession, and also just to innovate in, in the way that they do business every day. And that's the outcome that we were looking for. We just went about it a little differently. So we didn't have a top-down mandate. As I mentioned, it was just the two of us. We were the two crazy people in this huge uh, organization who thought this was possible. So in some ways, as, as you said, Marilyn, um, on one of the calls recently, that presents threats but it also presents a lot of opportunities. So I think it really helped us because we were able to go out and find other people who thought the way we did. We didn't have a specific project we had to work on, and we didn't have a budget, right? We didn't have any other people on our team, um, but that forced us to be really scrappy. We had no other choice other than to show value really early on, and it was through those successes that built good reference examples, and they were quite powerful because we had mission outcomes and impacts and efficiencies, and we were able to do that with just a really small fraction of the resources that most of the other projects were using. So that helped us, um, and it really helped us move at speed, too, because we didn't have kind of this top-down level direction. So for us, that's been really um, exciting. And Marilyn, you have expertise in culture and performance development. Uh, what do you see as the similarities and the differences between General Electric's journey and the Department of Defense? Sure. So um, 
I, I would hate for anybody to think that General Electric's journey's been easy, because it hasn't been. And they still continue on the journey. G uh, GE started using Lean Startup as a, a project methodology, if you like, in 2012. And, um, and here in 2017, they're still working at it to make sure that it is uh, an influence strategy, if you like, around behavior. And so that's maybe one of the biggest challenges and also biggest opportunities in these government agencies. That um, early on, GE started by defining lean startup, which they call FastWorks, as tools and processes and behaviors. But the project teams helped us identify that while GE, which is stuffed full of engineers, loves a good process, they're not so great at changing behavior, at, at being more customer focused, for example, or at taking smart risk and moving fast. And so GE literally made a decision to change the corporate behaviors, the behaviors, they call them the GE beliefs now, that, that everybody is expected to align around, and they changed how they evaluate or assess performance to hold people accountable for those behaviors. Um, and so again, that's like the 30-minute summary, and if it sounds easy, trust me, it's not. Um, I think the biggest challenge inside any federal government agency, but in particular NSA and NGA, is that in many cases you've got people in there who are coming from a military background, who may be far more used to a command and control approach. And so the idea of building a vision but then understanding the behaviors behind it that help you to deliver on that vision is, is sometimes a bit of a, a foreign topic for them and they don't quite understand it. And so just finding the right language, I think, inside the Lean Startup Company, uh, working with Aaron and Matt and, and Erwin Godoy, who's also here from the NGA, to think about how can we create a message that people will understand and engage in is, is a, both a challenge and an opportunity. So I'm going to ask some more specific questions now. Um, I'm guessing there have been some challenges uh, in trying to implement Lean Startup within the NSA. Can you tell me how, you know, what they were and how you tackled them? So I think, Marilyn, you hit the nail on the head, right? For us, it's always been about culture change. So in one sense, if we said, hey, we just had a group of projects and we want to run them through some Lean Startup methods, uh, I don't, that's not trivial, but it's certainly been done before and there's enough case study and help out there but we don't want to just run a few projects through. We want people to learn the methods and then go back and use these on their next project, and then we want them to teach other people to use them, right? That's much harder to do. Um, so the biggest challenge I think that we've faced is that uh, we've created a context for people to move at speed, and so they come and spend time with us in one of our classes, and then we send them back to their home organizations. And now they have the language, and they're inspired and encouraged, but everybody around them hasn't heard this before, and they're still working on the five-year budget planning cycle, and it's really, really hard. I, I'd like to ask you to share an example, um, unclassified, of course, of a, a team you've been working with um, and, and how you've been able to support them. Sure. You know, actually, there's one team, uh, and I was I was chatting to Aaron and Matt about this team earlier uh, because I think they're kind of ready to graduate almost from coaching. Uh, it's a team that's been developing a cybersecurity platform that allows both 
the agencies, but also external customers, so they are working external to the agency, to identify potential threats, to develop new insights, to make uh, decisions more quickly. Um, and you know, the, the good news is I haven't had to teach them how to do that. Uh, nobody comes to me for technical advice, only for lean startup coaching. Uh, but they've been a great team, first of all, because it's just two people. It's just two people. And yet they've been able to achieve really some powerful work. Um, they've got now customers that are specifically saying, yes, we want this and we want this now. In fact, in, in true startup style, uh, we were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about a customer visit that had where they were uh, demonstrating the platform and the customer said, hey, this is great. I'll take it the way it is right now. And they walked away disappointed because they wanted to add more features. They wanted to do more stuff with it. And they were disappointed to learn the customer was happy with something that was simple but impactful. So um, helping them recognize that uh, you can create meaningful metrics based on customer behavior. That, you, you know, here, this is how you recognize where you have success. Uh, you know, kind of coaching them that you don't plan for a customer meeting in the 30-minute car ride down to the customer site, that you actually need to sit down and spend time thinking about your discovery questions and what it is you want to walk away with, what you need to learn so that you can support those metrics. I think has been critical for them, but they've really seen the results of that work, and they're excited now. They, they feel like they, they're just every day they come into work on this, they're happy to see how this project has progressed. Erin, I, I think between the two agencies, we're working with over a dozen teams now, and so I'd love to hear your opinion on how uh, the, any of the teams have evolved since they started um, with the coaching. So I think for us, it, it's really the challenge that I mentioned, that, that we can, uh, at a small scale, create a context for them to move fast, but then they go back and they really struggle. And when you're trying to change behaviors, it's, it's, you can't just read a book or go to a two-day class and then from there on out, your, your behavior is going to be changed. So it's, as Marilyn said, it's that weekly check-in with the coach who is going to continually challenge them and say, well, it sounds like, is that an assumption or is that something you actually have some data? And we fall into the trap, Matt and I do all the time, right? We're the experts. We know what the right thing is to do. And it's that pushback, that reminder, hey, what, what's the experiment you're running, right? How could you get some data around that? And so I think the, the turning point is when you see, as you said, they're kind of ready to graduate. They've actually gotten it. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's just continual practice. And, and it's that mindset of always learning. And so that's been really helpful for us. When we talk about lean startup, you know we got to talk about metrics. So Marilyn, uh, what metrics are the teams using and why? Sure. Well, I think again, this was a struggle for, for some of the teams and we have another coach here too, Jonathan Bertfeld, who I'm sure can speak about some of the, the metrics that his teams are, are focusing on. Um, it was interesting with the, the, the project I just mentioned. One of the first sets of metrics they built out was more about how they were spending their time 
because what they realized was that they were spending so much time talking about innovation and lean startup methodology inside the agency, they actually were missing time to work on their project. And so it's a matter, as always, of prioritizing what's the most important thing we should be working on and what are our assumptions behind that. So they started with that. But building metrics around learning. So in the simplest um, way, with this project uh, on the for cybersecurity, you know, it's are people entering data more quickly? Is it easier? How do you know it's easier? Are they generating more insights? Are the insights better quality? So it's not how much work you're doing. The metrics are focused on what's different and is different better. And on the basis of that, they're able to do a better job of telling their story that shows the value of the outcomes they've been creating for their customers. And they're proving the value of those solutions based on what their customers are doing, not just what the customers are saying. Erin, yeah. what would you say has been the biggest success so far in bringing Lean Startup to the agency? So um, we have had a number of successes, I think, maybe kind of in two different areas. So first, we've had some incredible mission success. I mean, we have had specific mission outcomes that people said were not possible, right? And one of the big aha moments that we had internally is just that people have good ideas, right? We have really smart people, and I'm sure it's true at all companies. They just didn't have a way to get their ideas and pull the thread through to execution. So. So it's been an amazing journey of just seeing uh, young, inspired people who, who have had these ideas for years and to actually transform that. The other thing I think that's been harder to quantify that we struggle with is these anecdotal stories. So they've, they have the breakthrough idea and they've implemented it and now they're going back and they're having the next idea and the next idea. And so we're, we're at the point now on a weekly basis, we're getting an email from at least one person unprompted who said, hey, I, it's been six months and I haven't talked to you guys, but I just wanted to let you know and we had this right before we left, we had this thing that we were working on and it was taking 100,000 man hours and now it's just taking a really small fraction of that and, and we're doing that by using the methods. Or I talked to somebody late last week who's at one of our field sites and um, because of where they work, they get a lot of visitors that come in and he said, you know, we do this continual roadshow when, when people come in and all the stories we're telling are from the projects that we started as part of i -Corps. And so our best success stories that we have to share at our site are the ones that are using these methods. And so that's really kind of encouraging. That, that speaks more, I think, to the culture change piece than just a specific project success. So the same question, the, the last question I have for the two of you, and then we're going to open it up to maybe two or three questions from the audience if you have any. Erin uh, and Marilyn, you know, what are the top takeaways you'd like the attendees to walk away with uh, today when they leave the room? Well, you know, I just uh, reflecting on something that Erin just said, too, because uh, I, I um, spend time every week or two on the phone with Matt and Erin, um, and that is that sometimes it's easier to judge your success by looking backwards than looking forwards. Like the hill is always there. The hill doesn't, doesn't get any smaller necessarily because there's always another hill beyond it. But as you start to reflect on where you've started and everything that you've accomplished along the way, that's sometimes the motivation to keep going. So um, I think that's an important thing to remember because uh, my experience with Lean Startup is, and, and this is in a big enterprise, is that it's hard. It's frustrating. It'll drive you crazy. You feel like your hair's being set on fire. And 
if you work with the right people, it can be the most fun thing that you ever have a chance to do. And that's what, what keeps you motivated and that's what keeps you going forward. So I think that's, that's a critical thing to remember. Um, I think the other important lesson that I take away, again, is it is all about behavior. Um, and that behavior starts with your mindset. And so uh, inside GE, they had a saying about Lean Startup, FastWorks, that was, you know, it's about changing the way we work by changing the way we think and act. And so finding the right language, uh, finding the right way to influence people to change the way they think and understand that it's worth taking that risk has also been um, really critical, I think, to the success of the work that we've been able to do and, and certainly to the success that Erin um, and her team have had. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I had heard Eric say early on, which stuck with me, is this idea of think big, start small, move really fast. And that has kind of framed the context of our work. So we have really big visions, but we know that we have to start small and, and like I said, deliver that value early and often and then figure out what's the fastest way we can do it. And sometimes we get stuck in our head of thinking of the grand thing, and we have to think, great, what could I learn? What do I need to learn today? What could I learn by the end of the week? And then how could I better serve the customer next week? And so that has driven kind of our, our behavior from the beginning. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Marilyn. Do we have a couple audience questions? If so, raise your hand and um, just wait for me to bring the mic over. Hi, thanks. I had a question about, uh, we call it storytelling, and I think you just alluded to it. You know, the team that we work with, they're having trouble with balancing the time allotted for doing their heads down project, you know, learning and thinking, um, learning the new methods, and then communicating outwardly when there's so much curiosity about what we're up to. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about how to satisfy that audience outside the room that wants to know more at various levels of the organization? I think that's one for you, Aaron. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to channel Marilyn here, though. Uh, I think it depends, I would say, on what your goal is. So is the most important thing that the team needs to complete the work, or is the most important thing socialization and kind of what is the balance you put on that? So if you don't have a good story to tell, letting them tell that story too early is not necessarily helpful. Um, if there's a way you can divide and conquer, if there's a way that you can share some of it, we have, uh, again, over time, developed kind of an alumni network of people who are good at telling the stories, and we let them tell those stories. And it's also nice to have kind of new stories to tell, so it's not the same story that you're telling two years from now. But I guess, uh, I don't know how helpful it is, and you tell me, it depends kind of on where they are in the journey and what's the most important thing for them to get that work done or to balance it. And, and if there's somebody who is a senior person who can help provide that top cover, sometimes that can be really effective. They can do the messaging while you let the team actually get the work done. I know you alluded to that for in the GE case. I'm more concerned from the technology side of it is all the, every company has a different uh, infrastructure in the sense it could be a matrix organization or different process, agile, water flow, or anything. For them to change their mindset to use this methodology, what are some of the obstacles you have come across and how do you handle them? 
Well, I think you've raised some of the obstacles right there. <laughs> it's a big organization. It's highly matrixed. They have a lot of other methodologies they've been using. And in fact, when uh, we first launched uh, FastWorks Inside GE, the questions were, well, what happens to Lean Six Sigma or Workout or CAP or some of the other legacy processes GE has? Um, so the uh, really the way it, it, it started was slow and, and small and almost under the radar. Uh, started with one team that the chairman himself personally picked to see if this lean startup methodology would in fact um, demonstrate an improvement in speed and outcome. Then we started with another eight teams, then it grew to 16 and we started to formalize how we ran the training. We took every CEO and their direct reports through a day of training. We took every executive in the company through training. Um, and then we handed responsibility for the further development of FastWorks to each of the businesses. So the businesses developed uh, what they call FastWorks champions, or they identified FastWorks champions, senior leaders, who had responsibility for kind of vetting projects and also that most of the businesses and functions created their own growth board to provide governance and, and cover for those uh, projects so that um, they could create, I'm talking about this later this morning in the workshops, uh, create these islands of freedom where the teams could have the resourcing, the funding, and access to customers that they needed to be successful. And, that success is sometimes defined as a project that's killed before it spends too much money. Well, everybody, that's all the time we have this morning. We'll be around today if you have any more questions. Thanks to Marilyn, faculty member with Lean Startup Company, Aaron from the NSA, um, and thanks to all of you for joining us for this Department of Defense and Lean Startup Company panel. <laughs>